coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida. Welcome to the Paper Stack Podcast, where we cover current topics in the note industry, give you tactics for your note business, and talk with industry leaders to make you a better note investor. And now, your hosts, Brett Berkey and Rick Allen. Another episode of the Paper Stack Podcast snackable series. Mm-hmm. Might be a heavy snack, not a heavy dinner, just a heavy snack. A brunchable. A brunchable. It's just going to be a lot, maybe. Yeah. So what do you got for us? Uh, you know, just got back from different conferences recently uh, down in Miami and out in uh, Sarasota. And so I was learning a little bit more about people buy notes. Paper stack's not the only option out there, of course. I won't say there is. Um, there's other options. Some of these people were talking about going directly to banks and different, like, where they'll list a lot of assets. These were larger pools, but interesting just how the fact of banks were there. Banks were in Miami and they were, it was some heavy hitters. And it was interesting to see they're just like everyone else. And I was just like, wow. But I was like, how do you even approach banks to like, how, how do you even get to that part? Paper sites easy. You go there, you find the notes. There might be a bank that's listing it, listing it. But what they were doing was just totally different. It was all networking. Yeah. It, it's interesting. Before, before I ever even bought a note, I heard about notes. Like, a, I don't know how I heard about it. But I heard about notes before I ever bought a note. And I, it was probably a good seven, eight months beforehand. So I bought my first note in 2012, 2011. Maybe it was even, maybe it was 2010. I heard about notes and I talked to, I was telling my dad about it or something like that. And he's an attorney and represent, he represented a bank. Oh, no, that's how it was. I called to see a bank if they had any distressed, if they had any REOs they wanted to sell. Oh, that's when you got that note that turned on to the high school? Yes. And so you lost your butt on? Or actually didn't lose your butt, lost the opportunity? It's a two comma mistake. (laughs) Missed out on a million. Anyways, I called this bank up and it was a a small community bank. And I asked them, hey, do you guys have any REOs for sale? Do you want to say? They said, no, we don't. But we have a note that will sell. I was like, a note? And I did a little research. I was like, oh, like the debt on something? They're like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. And it turns out it was not retail or not residential. Mm-hmm. It was a commercial loan on a piece of property. And the debt at the time was $3 million on it. And they actually were going to sell me the whole note for $600,000. And I had a guy that I was going to bring in on the note, but he had, last time I brought him in on a deal was for flipping houses. And we had our crew lined up and we're finding the houses and he was the money. He wound up just taking our crew and finding the houses himself and cut us out. So I was a little, mm. I don't want to put this guy in there. Fast forward, I didn't buy the loan because I was just like, ah, I don't even know what to do with this. I don't know how to structure it. So I didn't pull the trigger. They ended up foreclosing on it and it turned into Windermere High School. And Aldi and a whole bunch of restaurants. <laughs> yeah. That one was one where it was like, oops. Yeah, you wouldn't have But it was, a, no, it was a learning experience. I wish I would have done you it. You would have had to held that for first. But no, you wouldn't have had to. It was like 18 months later, somebody ended up buying it at the foreclosure auction. The Orange County School Board did. Oh, wow. So yeah, it wasn't long, but there's no telling where I would be right now if that had happened. Anyways, so yes, you can buy from banks. How do you start? Let's dive in. How do you start? Who would you talk to? Which banks are you going to want to buy from? Look. You're not going to, if you're a small fish and you don't have a $100 million fund, 
you're not going to buy from Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Chase. As a matter of fact, I was speaking at an IMN event on stage. I came off stage and a lady walks up from Chase Wealth Management and said, here, I'd like to sell. I have a portfolio of loans I'd like to sell. And I'm like, what's your minimum buy amount? It's like a hundred million. I'll hold your card, but that's not me. <laughs> I don't have a hundred million yet. So yet, yeah, keyword. Yet, always the power of yet. That's what I tell my kids, the power of yet. So know that you're probably not going to go right and buy from Bank of America, Chase, Wells, anything like that. Any of the big lenders out there, if you don't have a huge portfolio behind you. Right. And if you're watching this, you probably have, you probably don't have a huge portfolio mm -hmm. behind you. So who are you going to focus on? You start with the small community banks, the small regional banks, mm -hmm. just the small local banks is, is where you start with. And there's a couple reasons why. One, they're usually not very big. And so they don't have a bunch of departments, right? And they don't have a bunch of they don't have a loss mitigation department. And that was one of the things I would talk about. Hey, can I speak to somebody in your loss mitigation department? They go, we don't have a loss mitigation department. I'm like, I'm interested in buying distressed assets, whether they be foreclosed homes, businesses, or non-performing mortgage debt. Mm -hmm. That immediately gets their attention, right? And so what's going to end up happening is you're going to wind up speaking to somebody. You're going to wind up speaking to the decision maker pretty quickly mm -hmm. because they don't have necessarily this huge chain of command that's assistance have assistance or anything like that. You're probably going to talk to the guy at the bank. You're going to talk to the, could be the, the managing director, could be the vice president, could be the president of the bank. I spoke to the president of the bank before. And the reason for this is, is especially in community banks, they're very much a relationship business, right? And they're going to wind up wanting to know if they're going to sell a loan, who am I selling it to? Mm -hmm. And they've got relationships with their investors that they definitely need to maintain. Yeah. Which kind of looks at, okay, those are the banks that you start with. You go in, you form a relationship with the folks on the other end mm -hmm. and, and let them know you're looking to buy a couple of loans. If they tell you they've got a whole pool of loans, take the whole pool of loans. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Say, so, yeah, I'll look at what you have. And there's ways to make money with that. There's other investors out there. There's people starving for inventory. Very much. I remember, I remember that, that community bank idea really rings a bell. It's, when we were first, we were in this place called Industrious, and when, well, the, I can't remember his name now, but he was at SunTrust right next door. We had, I went out to lunch. And Abby. Uh, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. It's Abby. Abby, that's right. And he was like, I can get you in with the community banks. He's, all, he's like, all I need you to do is just get in with one. He's like, they all talk. Oh, they, yeah, they, that's they, the they, have, they have a way of getting rid of their distressed debt to somebody they can trust that actually pulled, go through and actually sell the stuff. That's, he's like, that's your ticket in. And at that point, I don't know why we didn't go through with it. I think I wasn't, I'm, I wasn't looking for the notes. I think that since I was trying to put them on paper sex, we weren't actually the buyer. So I don't think it worked. Now's a great time that we're going to revisit all that stuff, but it's, <laughs> yeah, now, now it is. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a good time. So you look at why would the banks want to sell their distressed assets? Why not just foreclose? Headline risk. That's right. Headline risk. Exactly. You got one right. You nailed that one. Watch um, this podcast. The banks don't want to be in, in the spotlight, right? It doesn't look good if they are foreclosing on some of their clients. A lot of their clients, they still want to maintain relationships with, so they may have to offload, their, offload the debt at a discount to recover it. They got to get it off their balance sheet. It looks bad for their, their investors that if they've got bad stuff on the balance sheet. So it's easier to take a little bit of a hit 
get the money back in, get the money working again. It's just the nature. What, and what TJ always used to say, don't put good money towards bad debt. Don't throw, yeah, don't throw um, good money after bad. I think I got that one thing right, huh? I forget better at these ads. It's like the, all tides rise, all the ships. Like one of those. Pretty much. Close enough. Nailed it. Yeah. Ish. Anyway, they're going to be motivated to sell their stuff. Headline risk is a big one. They mm-hmm. want to clean up the books, make the balance sheet look right. How does that make it look right if they sold it for less than what, the, if they're selling it for 20 cents in the dollar? Are you new to the mortgage note industry? Have you been wanting to learn the step-by-step process to purchase your first mortgage note? Well, you're in luck. We've convinced our CEO, Rick Allen, to break down everything he knows about mortgage note investing. Through a series of 50 videos, you'll get everything from start to finish of where to purchase notes, how to purchase notes, and all of Rick's investing techniques he has developed over the many years. From performing note tactics to non-performing notes, Rick gives you everything he knows about investing. Bonuses include our glossary of industry terms, Rick's own proprietary calculators he created to evaluate notes, discounts from our partners, our Rolodex of vendors, a private Facebook group, along with a lot more. We've packed so much content into the Academy to take you from beginner to expert in no time. To learn more about the Academy, go to academy.paperstack.com slash welcome. Again, that is academy.paperstack.com slash welcome. Because they're recovering all that money, instead of having a $500,000 loan that's just doing nothing, that's a $500 suck on your balance sheet says you at least got some of the money back in right and you just run off and there's just losses they're going to be losses yeah they're but you're going to at least have some of the money back in and the nice thing with working with bank the smaller community banks is touched on it earlier they all kind of talk that's what yeah so if you end up if you end up performing you buy a loan you take something off their hands it works out for them the next time that bank has something that's distressed you're going to be the first call Mm -hmm. You're going to get start getting calls from other banks because, like I said, they do all talk. And, and there's events. The, the, yeah, the president will be like, oh, man, how's your portfolio? I just We just offloaded stuff. Oh, who'd you sell it to? There's a local guy. And they're like, give me his number. I'll talk with him. Because they, once they all start talking, become a person that's a, it's a very big asset to them. Yeah, that's very true. And the other thing, too, that I, I remember when I did actually talk to some of these guys, certain people in certain roles, they get hammered for sales calls. It didn't seem like... It was like, I've been in sales and like when you are, are one of those people that are, how many times have you got a call about your expired warranty? That's a great point is that's not a call they get every day. No. If ever, so when they get it and they're like, oh, and a lot of them haven't always been in that position. No. And, and one of the things about, so you're going to maybe ask for, don't be surprised if you ask for say, look, I'm buying single family residential mortgages. And they say, I've got a commercial mortgage. You go, okay, I'll take a look at it. Because they're not going to have huge portfolios of stuff. It's going to be more one-off, two-off. And so you may call a bank, talk to somebody on the phone, and be like, hey, which portfolio looking like? you have anything you need to offload? Here's what I'm buying. I'd really like to form a relationship and buy your defaulted debt. Here's a little bit about me. Tell them who you are, what you're doing. But also then, it's a follow-up game, right? Because the, like the, the smaller community banks, they don't always have a bunch of inventory. If they do have inventory, it's going to be sporadic. So you have to stay top of mind. How do you do that? Check back in with them. Check back in with them every, say, yeah, check back in next month, see how you're doing. So you're making 12 phone calls a year. Eventually you're going to hit one 
or eventually they're going to call you, something like that. But you just, you got to form those relationships. And that, if you're buying from a bank, that's really how it's going to work. So. And also how you operate yourself, operating as a professional. Yeah, yeah having always. A real, having a real email address, not like Joe at Gmail. It's like, you know. Yeah, that's a, that's a big thing. I remember something you, like that is like important. Yeah, we always, it's always important to have an actual business, a business email. So if you are doing this business, treat it like a business. Be professional. And that's the only way you really can work with these guys is if you're professional now, you don't have to be stuffy. You can still just be professional and you don't have to put on a suit to go to the bank. You can, but don't go in flip-flops, jeans, and a torn shirt that says ACDC on it. That's probably not, that's probably not the, that's probably not going to get very far. Yeah, that's probably true. That's so, probably true. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So what you want to do is if there was a three-step process, it would be like, look, find the banks you want to target first. And short of going to like the FEIC and the FEIC, yeah, Fred. Or, yeah there, there's some other ones out there. And we'll put them in the, the show notes below. But short of going to there and starting to download their stuff and analyze tapes, the easiest thing to do is just start local, right? Yeah. The reason I love starting local is because if I ever want to walk into the bank and shake the guy's hand, I can. And that's the easiest way to start forming those relationships, right? So I can swing by your bank. I'm in the area. I live here. That makes them feel more comfortable. The second thing is the assets are going to be there. So you can definitely drive the assets, see what's going on if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's a plus, maybe it's not. So you want to start local. That's the next thing. And then you want to form your relationship. Talk to somebody at the bank, reach out to them, let them know who you are, what you're doing, and why you're credible. Tell them what you're buying. Right? And from there, just follow up and close your deals. Yeah. If you do, that's a recipe for, if you got three or four community banks in your area, that that could be 10 deals a year. You might get two deals per thing, three deals per thing, somewhere in there. Yes. Also, they have, I found it just recently doing some research. It was the Mortgage Bankers Association puts out a 30, 60, 90 delinquent list. It costs money. You got to be a member of the uh, MBA. But you buy it and then you can just sort by location and it's a whole nation of showing. And at least at that part, hey, these people, so you're not just calling like guessing, right. hey, do you have any distressed debt? You can go, hey, look, I can see that there's whatever, so much. Yeah, this 90%. much on your portfolio. Do you got, are you interested in selling any of it? Conversation's a little different. They're, they might have a little bit more pressure on them to get rid of it. For sure. And I, I think right now is a really good opportune time because you know, I don't know how COVID has affected all the people, the small community banks, but. You never know, with the rising economy, it's just, it's never a bad time, right? To reach out. Just at least have the relationships going. Start forming now because it's tough to form a relationship when the house is on fire. You maybe want to have the relationship going by then. So when the house is on fire, you're the one they call. You're the firefighter. You're the firefighter. Exactly. That was good, Brad. You crushed that. So anyways, that's it. Buying from banks, how to do it, why to do it, and when to do it right now. So then once you buy the notes, just keep them for a little bit and then put them on paper stack. There you go. That's it. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. All right, then, I guess next time, if we have something, if you have something you want to hear, just let us know. Of course, you know, the rules, subscribe. Let's get, we'll get to a thousand so we can start doing some other cool stuff. But mm-hmm. that's it. You guys have a wonderful next week. See you. Bye.